In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us this Wednesday evening. And tonight I have as a guest one of my favorite and most special people who also happens to be another TogiNet host, which is the reason I am here as well, and that is Sandra Beck. And I wanted Sam to come on and speak on how, for but from the military mom standpoint and from a working mom standpoint, how do these women keep things connected? How do they maintain the hot mama status? And what do deployed spouses do to remain connected? And what do their spouses who are here do? To remain connected. So, San, without further ado, thank you for being here with me this evening. Oh, Lou, I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't <laughs> miss it. I just think what you do is so important for women everywhere, whether, you know, we're single moms, we're working moms, we're stay-at-home moms, or military moms. There's such a need for the information that you provide. Well, thank you, my dear. So, we're keeping that in mind. As one of the best-selling authors worldwide in this area, I do get asked to speak on occasion to, you know, wounded warriors, to military personnel. And I know that it's an area that, I mean, we do not discuss accurately or openly that gives people, you know, the information that they really want. They want to know, give me information that's going to work for me. Absolutely. When we were setting up this evening and I said, Tell me how military moms can keep their relationships and sex lives going while a partner is deployed. You know, it's so funny, you know, you you bring that up, Lou, because, you know, the first thing I did was I thought, you know what, I will call my friends, you know, around the country and around the world, actually. I called some friends that are deployed and, you know, asked them the same question. And then I decided to go onto the Internet and see what information I could that's provided by, you know, the military sites and the government sites and even some of the military blogs. And what I found was that what I found on the Internet was so far from what I heard, you know, doing like kind of the anecdotal research. And, you know, a lot of the information that's available on the Internet is it's, 
it's not super helpful. You know, it, it, it's a lot. <laughs> so in other words, yeah. it's God. Um, some of the things, you know, that I stumbled across, I'm going to bring up the first one that I thought was really funny. Um, but there's one military, and it's a very well-read military site, but they said one of the ways to feel connected to your spouse when they're deployed is to record your thoughts in a journal and then share that with your spouse. Now, at first, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, you sit down. You know, he's not going to be home for a couple months. You write down kind of what's going on. When I brought that up to some of my Marine buddies, mm-hmm. they said that would cause them to run back to Iraq. <laughs> they couldn't think of a worse thing that they wanted when they come home to have their wife sit and talk to them about every thought she had in her head. And as one of them put it, he said, you know what? He goes, I love my wife. He says, but I just tune out. I go to my happy place when she's talking about, and then so-and-so said, and then she said, and I felt this, so then I said that. And he says, it goes on for 20 minutes. And he says, it doesn't negate that I love her. He says, but I'm thinking about guns. I'm thinking about NASA. I'm anywhere but in that conversation. So and so the connection, the delivery of that little tidbit as so, so to keep you connected is a total dud. Total dud. Okay. Total so good. dud. Okay. So what um, was what was what's the opposite side that would work? You know, the opposite side that would work that I found, and, and this is, you know, from, you know, sending care packages to talking about the daily happenings from home to, you know, sending photographs and, and emails, the one thing that came across strongly for me was that no one soldier or Marine shared with me the same thing. And mm-hmm. so that made me wonder, you know, this, these helpful things that women put up for other women, they kind of work for us. Like, Lou, when we get together and I tell you all about my life, and I'm like, and then my mom said, and then my sister said, and then I felt, and you're like, oh, my gosh, my sister felt this way, too. That's girl speak. You know, that's the way we relate to women. And a lot of the stuff that's posted up on the web is how women relate to other women. And what I found was that some of the soldiers, like one soldier told me, he would rather have a, a, a flashlight in his care package. You know, a really well-done, waterproof flashlight from the States. You know, things like that would make him feel loved and supported. And, and you know, you and I have spoken about this before, that there is such individuality in what is going to make someone's heart smile. And that's the purpose of tonight's show, is to give... You know, and let's be honest, women are walking, talking relationship machines. That's why we wake up in the morning, we know how to relate. Men tend to be walking, talking competition machines. So that was in one of your comments of, you know, make sure you keep yourself, you know, pulled together and looking good. Absolutely. They want to have the woman on their arm that, you know, everyone's going like this. Whew, she's looking okay. Well, you know, it's funny, you know, because the the feminist standpoint is like looks don't matter. And I hear that over and over. I hear it in the corporate arena, and I'm just going to go, eh. you know what? It, it, you know what? I'll tell you right now, that's a big, fat lie. It is a big, fat lie. You know, and one thing, like, you know, when I talk to, I work a lot with the Army and the Marine Corps, so I come into contact with an awful lot of men, and I can ask them, quite frankly, you know, does it matter if your girlfriend or wife lets themselves go? And you know what one Marine told me? He said when he meets other Marines and they get together and he sees 
the wives coming in, he unconsciously goes, my wife's hotter than you, hotter than you. Wow, she's hot, not hotter than her. You know, they do this little competition thing. But he mm-hmm. shared with me, and I verified this with some of the men who work for me and, and the men I, I come into contact on a regular basis. When a man comes in with a wife or girlfriend that is sloppy, unkempt, you know, you don't have to be a size two, but you have to make an effort to look your best, whatever your best is. But he says they all feel sorry for him. And well, they know that, about that. Because really what we're talking about head. here is, is the interplay of what you do to keep the brain connected and attracted to you while you're separated. And then when you are together with someone, let's be honest, men are tremendously visual creatures. That's just, that's how they function. So you had some great things that you were telling me before we went on the air. (laughs) Oh, about what should be in their gift package? Exactly. Uh, well, this is, again, this is where, you know, women write things for other women. And uh, one of the things was, you know, do you put photos, you know, do you email photos or put photos in, in the gift box? And the women I talked to were like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll show kids in the bathtub, you know, give them, washing their hair and me cooking at the stove. And, you know, they were all excited about these sharing these day-to-day photographs. And when I uh-huh. talked to the men, they were like, we want naked pictures of girls. And we really don't want naked pictures of our wives. No, and I thought here's... that was really interesting because they said it kills the fantasy aspect. Well, precisely. I mean, they know what their wife looks like. Besides, they're opening their care package often in front of other people. That's true. That was another thing that came up about putting, you know, some women thought it was really cute, and I saw this on the web, and, you know, to take panties, you know, cute little thongs, and put some scent on it, and, you know, pack it in the care package, and it's like, you know, you wouldn't send your underpants to your husband's law office knowing he was going to open it up in front of three people. Now can you imagine, you know, having him open it up in front of 35 guys? And the reaction is likely going to be less than positive from his standpoint because he's no, going to get teased. No, the guys are going to tease him. The, the guys who have wives are going to cringe and be, oh, thankfully my wife doesn't send me that. You know, some of the guys are going to be like they don't have girlfriends, so they're going to tease him because of that. And then the other ones are going to just tease him because he got underpants in his package. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, now, then again, it also depends on when relative to the care package, where they have been deployed to. Absolutely, absolutely. You're deployed, you know, you're sent to Germany or to Okinawa. You know, everybody has different restrictions, and pretty much everything's contraband. You know, you can't, you know, naked pictures, underwear, all that kind of stuff is, you know, it's, it's certainly not acceptable in Muslim countries and, you know, countries of different, um, you know, religious origins. But, um, you know, in the sending of this stuff, it's the, I think the best thing, Lou, is ask your man or ask your woman, what do they want? Mm-hmm. What, what do you want from here? You know, is it a little Heinz ketchup package? Is it a Starbucks shot of espresso? You know, those little packages, we, we see those always in the OpGrat requests for Operation Gratitude care packages. When you're in a relationship with someone, you can guess what they'd like, and you'll be wrong 99 times out of 100. But if you ask them what they want, you'll be really surprised. Well, that's what I refer to as people practicing, you know, psychic sex and psychic relationships, thinking the other person should know what they want. 
that, that, it's all you. that does is just shoot us in the foot. <laughs> well, and people change. You know, what they might, you know, think about your mom. Like, my mom still thinks I love macaroni and cheese. I haven't eaten macaroni and cheese other than with my kids in two years. But when I come <laughs> home, I made macaroni and cheese. It's your favorite. Uh, you know, because that's her perception. But now I'm, you know, I'm 20 years older. Or, you know, I'm a grown-up now. And our spouses and our partners do change. Well, and here's the other thing. There may be something that has, like, twigged for them that is, you know, again, going back to that one gentleman who said, I would just like a really amazing flashlight because the flashlight that he got, you know, on issue was, like, not up to snuff as far as he was concerned. Now, we've got got probably 15 seconds until our break. My guest this evening is Sandra Beck. We're talking about how you stay hot with your partner when your partner's deployed. And when we come back, we're going to go into more of the tips you learn directly from the deployed personnel. Stay with us. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. The process of becoming a mom. I've seen everything I don't like in other moms, but I can be perfect and my child can be too. Well, that's not life. It's not cut and dried and perfect. We have cracks and our kids do too. This state of motherhood looked so easy until it happened to me. And then I realized that I don't have any training in this job that's not only difficult, but some days feels impossible. So what do I do now? How do I raise great kids to live happy lives? Am I helping them along the way or hurting them? The key to being a mom is using our resources. Other moms. We can grow together and learn from each other. By comparing notes, we can grow stronger, do more, and be better moms. That's what Mom Time TV is all about. Moms helping each other. We may not get to perfect, but we'll sure feel better about ourselves along the way. So join in and make a difference. Mom Time TV, we're talking Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern on TogiNet Radio. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. 
It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Thank you for coming back and being with us. We have definitely been having fun over the break. And my guest this evening is Sandra Beck, and we have been talking um, about what military wives and military partners do to stay connected with their partner when their partner has been deployed. So we know that there are restrictions, Sam, on what one can do during deployment from a sexual behavior nature, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when when Skype is involved, you know, uh, certain phone things are involved, you know, you've got to be, it's it's very difficult to share that experience, you know, over the Internet or over the phone wires or, you know, through an email, you know, things like that are very difficult. So what I found in talking to the military community was that everything is pretty much flying solo. Mm-hmm. Um, for that aspect of your needs. And it was very interesting because, you know, the women would giggle and they would say, okay, well, you know, they would, you know, t- one of two things came up, which was interesting. One thing came up that said, okay, well, one of them just got really used to flying solo and would use her toys and do her thing. Um, and then there was another group of women that just said they just completely shut off. Like okay. that part of them just shut down for the time that their husband was gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think it's, you know, you're the expert on whatever floats your boat, you know. Um, it, it didn't, it just seemed to be people fell into one of two categories. But now here's where it got really funny. Uh, well, we could <laughs> laugh on it because it's a very serious show, but I was laughing my head off. But um, Hey, listen, this is one of the most powerful drives we've got. And this stuff, you know, this is like natural. Well, it is, and that's what came across when I talked to the military guys, because, you know, my military buddies, you know, I'm turning beet red, trying to ask them these questions, and, you know, but I think it's important for the information to get out, and what came across very clearly was that they looked at it as, like, a necessary biological function, like we would use the toilet, or we would, you know, wash our makeup off before we go to bed at night. It was just a very matter of fact. It's like, look, a happy soldier, you know, does this, has this release. And then so I, I was curious at that point, and I said, well, we, where do they do it? How do they do it? You know, what do they do? Mm-hmm. And one of the guys told me, which I just is so great, and no one will ever, you know, do the laundry the same way again. They go into the laundry <laughs> portion, turn on the Would they get assigned to it, right? And what? Yeah, Do they get right. assigned to it? Lean against it. Like, stand there while it, the, you know, while the dryer does its thing. It warm, it moves, it vibrates. <laughs> I mean, I just thought that was such a clever use, you know, of a, you know, an appliance. <laughs> well, I know that I've had people tell me of things that they learned when they were younger that were of a um, stimulating nature for them. I think that's the way we might refer to it. Now, so, San, these are men and women who uh-huh. are in a situation where they can't fraternize with the other soldiers, correct? Correct. Now, what, are the officers like turning a blind eye to some of this stuff, or they know what goes on, or what well, happens if that, someone is so caught doing this? What the men told me is that they all turn a blind eye. Like, you know, one guy told me this story about how, you know, they were all in the shower and, you know, this one big, huge, you know, muscle-bound dude comes in and he's just taking his shower, doing his business. And people are looking, looking the other way. He just, he didn't break stride. He did the whole thing he needed to do in the shower 
turned around, walked out like nothing was wrong. And I said, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what did you guys say? I mean, were you laughing? He's like, no, I wasn't laughing. He'd kill me with one punch. Um, but the whole thing was it's just part of what it is. And um, mm-hmm. the same guy told me that he's like, you know, sometimes you're in bunks. And, you know, and it's like you've got, you know, the guy in the bunk above you doing his thing or spunk in the bunk over to the side doing his thing. And he's like, you just roll over and go to sleep. You know, and I, how when I first was brought in to do presentations in, to the Wounded Warriors by Lieutenant Colonel Good, who at the time was in the um, Department of Defense offices, and she said, this is something that they are young and they're deployed, and, you know, some of them are single, but, you know, some are married, but she said, this is not a natural state for them to be in. There has to be, you know, and, and they're in these places where they're not supposed to touch, they're not supposed to do these things, and it's not a bit of a wonder that there is the different types of acting out, and unfortunately, we both know that there's also a lot of sexual assault and rape in the military, and that Absolutely. is really, and that's something that Lieutenant Colonel Good was one of the first officers to break with rank and speak about that, and you know yeah, whether the it is who the come out and talk about it get crucified. Yeah, her comment was, "I, you know, I fell on my sword," but she mm-hmm. was doing it to help other people. It wasn't about her. Oh, absolutely. But she was, a, she was, you know. But it was still. Now, we know that that is is happening. We're we're going to put that to the side here. Let's talk about for a moment uh, the naturalness of wanting to be in contact with someone, which is the reason why these couples. Or, you know, and, you know, whether they're married or, you know, coupled together, they're trying to maintain that connection while they're separated on a physical basis. And I remember being on um, the presentation last year in Orlando, and this one um, woman said she had come back from being, you know, being deployed. And she said the thing that really struck her as odd is she said how many of the men were in the spa and in having their eyebrows done and in having a manicure done. The manscaping. And, pardon me? The manscaping. Yes, all the manscaping. And, I, and because I had told her I was going to go have a pedicure, and she made that comment, and I said, well, you know why they're doing that? And she said, no, why? And I said, because that's the only okay place and time that they can have physical touch while they're deployed and not have it be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, I would see that. I, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and if anyone, you know, we, we do, I do take callers on my show on Sex Talk with Lou, and that number, if you would like, is 877-864-4869, repeating again, 877-864-4869. If you happen to have a great idea of what works for you and, you know, your partner who's deployed, because you know what we know, San, if it works for someone, chances are it's going to work for someone else. Absolutely. And we know that there's a continuum of ideas that, that can work for people. And you don't always want the same thing. Well, that's true. Variety, is a, it was a big part of it. And I think, you know, what I was hoping for most of all, you know, to share with during the show, um, you know, because we know these shows live on long, you know, after we've, we've aired them, um, but that I would love everybody to realize that, you know, being deployed and, you know, your partner doing his thing over there to a photograph or doing his thing in the shower, that's part of what it is. 
that's part of deployment. That's part of, um, you know, that's part of being a man. And I think the same thing, you know, holds true. And I know there's problems with sex in the military because you look at the, the affair rates in the military. It's something like up in the 90s. The divorce rate is in the, you know, 80s. You know, aye, unbelievable aye, aye. how high it is because, you know, we couple as a reason. We want to spend time together. We want to be together. And then we are put in this, what I call an unnatural situation and expect to handle our desires, to handle our relationships, it's really hard. And there's no one you can talk to while you're there about this. No. And then you've got your other friends here that you may be, you know, doing things with. But it is, I mean, it, it's, it's a tremendous pull apart because let's, let's talk about for one moment one of the number one ways that you now define relationship is the person you are intimate with. You can travel with, you know, another man. You can work with another man. You can work with another woman. You can do this, have this person as a partner and a business partner. So the division between, you know, women and men doing things together has now sort of blended so that the only time that really defines your relationship is when you are sexual with your partner. Right, and you take that away and you make it impossible because of location. And, you know, you've now rendered two people in really tough situations because they have these needs. They have the need to be touched and kissed and hugged and, you know, and even, you know, and more than that. And they can't do anything to get those needs filled with another partner because when you're single, you know, or you're divorced, you have at least the opportunity to go out and get those needs met. Our military husbands and wives that are stateside or deployed, they don't have that opportunity to to have that relationship without breaking the covenant of their marriage, and that's really difficult. Now, I mean, the the thing of, you know, the, someone fooling around with someone when they're still back stateside, that is, you know, I mean, there's betrayal, and then there's, oh, my God, how much bigger could the betrayal be? Yeah. Now, we have yeah. two minutes until our break. Didn't you have a couple of other things that people said that they would do, that they would, things that they would send over that you had shared with me? Oh, yeah, the stuff that, like, like not, well, um, <laughs> A, a couple of them weren't too bad. Um, one of them that I liked was the, the best advice I thought, in, you know, from talking to the military moms, was to keep busy and stay active if, if you're the at-home spouse because mm-hmm. that's going to help the time go by. It will give you something to talk about when your spouse returns, and it will help, you know, keep that loneliness at bay. A lot of the moms told me that when they felt the need to be intimate with someone, they hit the gym. They got, took a spin class. They rode until that feeling passed, until they got that thing out of their system. That was a really, really powerful one. Um, the other thing that they liked in the care package is they loved, like, little special treats, funny notes, something that just has special meaning for the two of you. And, you know, some guys feel good with a little naughty note. Some might feel, you know, I miss you and I love you. But little little teeny things like that that they could tuck into their helmet or tuck into their flak jacket was really meaningful. Now, can anyone send over um, any adult toys or marital aids? I don't believe con- so. Depends is on that the contraband? Country. But, yeah, I would, now, I would think that would be off limits. 
<laughs> now, we have 30 seconds to our break as we you know, jump into what else. into Tehran is probably not going to be a bestseller. <laughs> exactly. So my guest this evening is Sandra Beck, and we have been discussing how you keep yourself connected with your partner when they're deployed because her specialty is military moms. And we are going to be taking our break. The music is going to come up in about three or four seconds. Please stay with us. We'll be back right after this break. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette, at 11, 10 Central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R, realize it is possible. E, embrace all relationships. A, advance through adversity. D, develop your significance. M, manage your health and wealth. Y, yield to your natural abilities. L, listen to your heart. I, invest in yourself. P, persist by taking small steps. And S, serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millette on toginet.com. How to invest, where to invest, where to save, where to get the right insurance, what to do about taxes, or even purchase a property. That's where Go To My Radio Show comes in. Join host Eli Covell, Tuesday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Go To My Radio Show is a show that helps you understand terms, strategies, and basic principles used by financial professionals. Go to my radio show is unbiased, and Eli Covell, your host, will ask the hard questions and take calls to help you connect with the right professional who can help you better handle your financial choices. Go to my show is not a financial service company and does not offer any financial services, but we will help you learn how to become a competent investor. Understand the basic principles of finance, overcome barriers of investing, plan your financial future, and most of all, choose the right programs for you. Go to my radio show. With host Eli Covell, Tuesday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Just before the break, Sandra Beck and I were speaking of the things to and not to put into care packages. And then what, you know, and the other thing over the break we were talking about, please do not include any of those cheesy boudoir photos. Because, again, you don't have any privacy. And when... 
a man is wanting to take care of himself, he typically wants to go to a fantasy place, and he'd much rather do these things with you, but he, he can't do them. You know, he can't. Using a picture of you isn't going to be the same thing as the fantasy person. So, Sam? I'm sorry, what did you say? That the, the man wants to have a fantasy thing that he can self-pleasure to. And he doesn't want to have the you there because this is a, I mean, there is no privacy in the military. And There's no men privacy. want to be, you know, and when you spoke before, Sam, of men, the visual creatures that they are, we all know this one, but a man wants to be with a woman he is proud to be seen with and that the other men in the room want to be with. Absolutely. Which Absolutely. then says, so it isn't that there's not the sleazy factor because he's proud to be seen with you, but he has, there's this, you know, the, uh, and then the other men want to be with this woman. You. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, you know, because it's part status, it's part pride. Um, you know, there's a lot of th- feelings that go into that, and a man is, a man rates himself partially, I believe, against the woman he's with. If he's with a really hot woman, he might not even like her that much. I think of my one friend who's an attorney who dates these, you know, Playboy bunnies, and they're super hot, total empty heads, and he just parades them around, and he feels on top of the world. And then yet he goes home and talks to his personal assistant till 2 in the morning, you know, who looks like a troll. But, but, you, know, but you know why he does that? I don't. The translation for the reason that the man brings that woman around is because the inference in his mind that he's giving everybody is that he has, you know, nine inches of hard blue steel between his legs. He must have something very large, or he must have a very large wallet. And he does. I I don't know what he has between his legs, but he has a large wallet. Okay, well, that's his only attractive factor then. That's the attraction factor. It's very true. I mean, you know, when I talk to men about, you know, what they find attractive in women and why they find them attractive, it was interesting that, you know, one of my guy friends told me recently, he's like, look, Stan, he's like, you're really beautiful. And he said, but you're, he's like, every day you can't fix your hair. Every day you can't have perfect shoes. Every day you can't be all dressed up with your makeup. He's like, it's not real. It's the fantasy. And he's like, what guys see when they see you or they see other attractive women is the fantasy. And that's enough. And so when I look at, you know, what men want, and I think of, like, the sales of Playboy and how many married men get Playboy, and then I look at my dad, who's, you know, 75 years old, and if a cute waitress walks by, I mean, he's so old, he'd get whiplash, but that head goes back, he looks at her, and he gets that twinkle in his eye. A man is a man, and they're going to find women attractive, and if you're not at your best personal level of attractiveness, it's really hard for the man. Well, here's what men have said, that the between, you know, the eyes get everything going for them. And as you said about your dad, he's never not, he's never not been a man. Right. And so here's, you know, the, the points that you said, you know, how to be a hot mama, which happens to be one of my books. So I said, so, Stan, tell me, how do, the, you know, how do these women maintain that hot mama thing? Well, I think, and, go ahead. Go. 
One of the things that I think is, you know, women who are considered hot have a great attitude. And the attitude is the thing that comes across, you know, most of the time to men and women as attractive. When you love life, when you are full of fun, when you don't take yourself that seriously, you know, so many of my friends, especially now that, you know, most of my friends are hitting the age of 40, um, I look at them and we talk about in the gym, they're like, oh, look at this line, look at this wrinkle, look at this bump, look at this dimple. The men in our lives and most men, they don't even notice that. You know, half the time they're like, oh, my God, you have a head. You're so you looking at your boob or your butt. And, and everything's different for these men. And we sit here and we are so hard on ourselves. And, you know, one of the things one of my friends said to me recently, a guy that I'm, I'm seeing, he said, Sam, when you're more worried about how you look and what you're wearing, you can't just enjoy the moment. And he's like, can't we just enjoy the moment? And that hit me going, you know, here I am worried about a snag on my hem and my shoes, and then I'm like, oh, these shoes really match, and I'm not even paying attention to what I'm thinking about. No, no, and, and <laughs> I mean, I will say that men, well, and women have said that their best partners have not had the best bodies, have not had the largest respective body parts or largest breasts or largest something else. What they have had is the best attitude, and they were enthusiastic, and they wanted to be there. Absolutely. And that's and something, you. you know, that I heard over and over, you know, when my marriage ended, one of the biggest questions I asked was like, you know, why is he choosing these women? You know, they're horrible. They're, you know, he's totally trading down. And I would go through this whole thing. And one of my friends said to me, he said, you know what, doesn't matter really what you look like, doesn't matter, you know, if the man feels wanted and he feels that he can please you and make you feel great having sex. He said, even if you're faking it, the man is happy. And he's like, enthusiasm trumps anything else. What that and when you are doing that, here's a little FYI on the inside scoop for women. When a man is being sexual with the partner that he wants, whether that is, you know, someone, you know, straight or someone gay, at no time does that man feel more connected to, to, to who he is primarily as a man, to his masculinity, to like the male component part of him. So in essence, the person who he is being intimate or being sexual with is giving him the access to the feeling about himself as a man, he can get no other way. And when I say no other way, that is why so many men say, you know, it just, you know, they do, you know, great job and so God gave me wood, um, had this happen, or it's, you know, total boner because of that. I mean, they use all of the terms of something that was tremendously exciting and, you know, that made them feel really powerful in business or in a sports environment, and the translation for them goes to their genitals. Absolutely. Absolutely. When we think of all the slang term that's used for it, they're all, you know, nobody says, you know, limp noodle, piece of thread. (laughs) They're all things that denote, you know, huge, huge pieces of power. But that's the one thing that I'm going to say to the women that are listening today. Um, Also about, you know, when you talk about, you know, being a hot mama, 
you need to embrace your feminine side for most men. And when they talk about being powerful, I'm not talking about being weak and wimpy and, you know, not earning your way in the world and not being, you know, superstar the way you are. But I'm talking about, you know, having, you know, the things that I hear about from men that they like. They like nice, soft hair. They like us to smell good. They like us to feel good. They like our, you know, you know our fingernails, our toenails to look pretty like girls. And well, don't you think that yeah. brings out part of that masculinity in them? Well, what it's kind of like the juxtaposition of the two things. So the shiny hair, the bright eyes, the vibrancy that's there. I mean, who wants to be with someone who's dull and boring, right? No one does. But also for men, there is that feminine side of things that has men be able to tap into the feeling of that woman makes him feel powerful. And never underestimate, and you wrote this down here, San, telling him that he looks good. You know, that's something, honestly, Lou, I learned that with my brothers. You know, I grew Mm -hmm. up watching my brothers get, you know, spit up and chewed out by dates, and I watched them, you know, with their girlfriends and then, you know, eventually with their wives. And, you know, when my brothers are the happiest, and I know this in my relationship with the people in my life, we think as women most of the time we're the ones that, are supposed to be told we're pretty, we dress up, we look nice. When anybody listening tonight goes home, tell your husband, and, you know, don't lie, you know, find something truthful that you like about him. But, (laughs) you know, tell him, do you look hot? You know, you're working out at the gym, you look really great, honey. You know, I can see you're working out, you look hot. You know, that type of thing, he gets his hair cut, go, gosh, you look so handsome, or, you know, whatever it is. Start telling your man that because as women, we need to hear that. And even though you won't see it publicized many places, men need that too. Hey, I mean, that's the goes to that. What I know is the most seductive behavior that we have, giving our attention and giving it in a way that works for someone. So, you know, that, that one officer, that one, you know, warrior who wanted a flashlight, you know, that is what, and every time he looks at that flashlight, he thinks, you know what? She thought of me when she sent that. Right. That's she's like, supporting me in my mission. She's, she understands what I need, and she's willing to give me that. Now, that's great sex. Yeah, because that's really what it is. It's, you know, there's the, I know what you need, and I'm going to help you with it. Yep. Now, we, we have one minute before our break. Do... I know I asked in my first letter that in my first email that I sent to you, are Skype and vibrators an option for couples? You know, I, they are an option for couples. You know, shared play, fun play like that is all really well and good. The only thing that makes it difficult for me from a military standpoint is the privacy issues and the fact that, right. you know, not much is secure over electronic media. There we go. Okay, thank you very much. We have 30 seconds until our break. My guest this evening is Sandra Beck. We're talking about how to stay connected when you are deployed. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how do you reconnect and and things to do pre-deployment and things to do post-deployment. Please stay with us. We'll be right back.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Season Me is on Toginet, a delightful, thoughtful, serious, and not-so-serious call-in show with Cecil Murphy and Twyla Belk. Tuesday nights at 8, 7 central on Toginet.com. You know Cease is the veteran author from 90 Minutes in Heaven, Gifted Hands, When a Man You Loved Was Abused, and many other books, as well as a mentor for writers. And Twyla Belk is an effervescent force known as the Gotta Tell Somebody Gal. She's also a writer and motivational speaker who's always bragging on God. For more on Cecil Murphy, go to his website, Cecil Murphy, that's P-H-E-Y dot com. And for Twyla, GottaTellSomebody.com. The show, Season Me, is a far-reaching, faith-based, shared conversation and call-in show with questions welcome. A chance to get everything out in the open. From questions about writing, to surviving sexual abuse, to the topics of the day. All from a Christian worldview to help you. Season Me, Cecil Murphy, Twyla Belk. Tuesday evenings at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life. To be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. My guest this evening is Sandra Beck, who also happens to be another TogiNet host, and her specialty is working moms and military moms. So in our final segment, what we are going to go over are, Sam, what are the things that couples do to get themselves ready in, you know, pre-deployment, and then what are the different things they would do on post-deployment and all the factors in between? Well, Lou, you know, when we transition, um, you know, and our family member is going overseas or, you know, being deployed, it's weird, and I hear this over and over, what happens between the couples. The, mm-hmm. the husband, you know, and I'm just going to talk about husband and wife. You know, I know we have same-sex couples and all those things, but just for ease of it, I'm going to say husband and wife. Um you know, the husband tends to want to be closer to the wife, wants to have more intimate time with her, you know, and the wife handles it differently. She starts pre-pulling away. She's getting mentally braced for, you know, 
taking care of everything as a single mom or as a single person, even though she's not technically single. You know, these things go through their heads, and she starts to close down and withdraw. And then mm-hmm. the fighting starts. And, you know, I hear a lot from my uh, listeners and also from my military friends saying, oh, yeah, you know, he's being deployed, he's leaving Monday, you know, and it's Friday and we're ready to kill each other. And, um, you know, he's trying to solve as many problems as he can before he goes. She's trying to get herself mentally braced for what's going to happen. And communication breaks down, physicality breaks down, and it's a relief then when the person leaves. Mm -hmm. And that's really tough because... You know, ideally, you know, you want to you wanna share this um, separation time. You want to talk about your feelings. You want to try to make this separation easier. And honestly, one of the big things about diffusing these fights and getting yourself back onto the intimacy track, because it's very hard to be intimate when you're fighting, at least this for is the true. women, um, mm-hmm. uh, is, that, is that, you know, to, to put it out in the open. Go, look, it. I'm frustrated because I know you're leaving Monday. I don't mean to be, you know, bitchy like this, but I'm really frustrated. You know, at least acknowledging the elephant in the room is better than pretending it's not there. And there are some Mm -hmm. great therapists out there. Jody Bramer is a good one. There's, you know, talking to a family counselor to try to get some constructive tools that'll work for the two of you as you go pre-deployment and, you know, into the deployment process, Uh, you know, to help you continue because you don't want to leave things on bad terms. Oh, hardly, no. And that's the thing. You remember that last thing, and also, you're scared. Yeah. Why, you know, in certain circumstances, you're scared. You don't know what you're going to be dealing with. He doesn't know what he's facing. Well, he might not come home. That's the difference between, you know, what I hear again and again, between military moms and single moms, because there are a lot of commonalities. You know, they both have a lot of responsibility. But the difference between a single mom and a military mom is that a single mom can go out and has the hope of meeting someone. The military mom has a day-in and day-out fear that she will never see her husband again. And that's, that's very, very difficult. Yeah, I mean, it, there isn't that that permission factor to to take care of that that sort of like hole that that's missing in her life. So in the pre-deployment, okay, put it out there. Say, yeah, I know this pink elephant is here, and if the only thing they do is hug one another, that still has them stay connected. Exactly. Better keep your mouth shut than and hug than say something that will resonate, you know, for months and months and. One side going, gee, I wish I didn't say that, and the other one going, I can't believe he or she said that. No, exactly, because once you put that little fl- flipping fish out there, it doesn't go away. It does not go away. does not go away. Now, what are some things, okay, we've got some, you know, an idea of what and how to deal with, you know, a thumbnail sketch for pre-deployment and remaining connected. Now, someone is coming back. Now, one often is not sure how one is coming back. Is PTSD going to be involved? And because that throws in a whole other thing along with the medications and things that someone may be taking. Absolutely. Well, and the one thing, you know, that, you know, seasoned military professionals know is that every deployment is different. And your partner coming back from deployment is not the same as they were when they left. And that's really difficult because, you know, they can have personality changes because of a TBI, which is traumatic brain injury. They can suffer Mm -hmm. from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress 
uh, disorder or syndrome, however you want to call it, um, but they've also had experiences that have profoundly changed them upon return to the States. And then, you know, and a couple things happen. Like when I see our young soldiers coming back, you know, and I say young, you know, between the ages of like 19 and 21, they go overseas, they do their thing, they come back, and they're all hooking up with these 25, 30, even 40-year-old women um, because they're not 21 anymore. They've seen things, they've done things over there, they've grown up really fast. Now, not everyone, mm-hmm. but that's pretty common. Um, you know, they tend to, after having this life-changing experience, come back, and then their families befuddled, going like, he's only 21, what's he doing with this 35-year-old? Well, guess what? He changed. He's not the same person he was six months ago or a year ago. Now, with the spouse, it gets even trickier because the, you know, the spouse comes home and, you know, he left and, and it's confusing too even when it's multiple deployments because every deployment is different. That's the one thing I would like the listeners to take away, that every deployment is different. And their spouse or their boyfriend or their partner has gone away, had this experience, and comes back different. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're changed for the better. Sometimes they're changed for the worse. But knowing that there's going to be behavioral differences when they come home is just one of the things our families have to deal with. Another thing they have to deal with when our soldiers or Marines come home is that you've got this mom with a couple kids, and she's been doing her thing. She's got her system in place. She's got her support structure. The kids are going here. They're doing here. And all of a sudden, this powerful soldier, our hero, comes home, and there's no room for him in this model. Because now the wife or the mother has to adjust everything. Oh, well, you're picking up the kids. No, I'm picking up the kids. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, you have to be to base tomorrow. Now you've added another unknown into the factor. And what our military spouses want us to do, which is to take care of the home front while they're gone, is doing a good job at that also makes them feel unneeded and unnecessary. And that's difficult. It's difficult for the family to readjust for the new person coming back into the family who's the old person, but he or she is not the same. Exactly. And, I mean, I remember hearing that of, I mean, long-term work situations when men men would be away or when women would be away and when you would come back and your day-to-day has that that place is there. Now, Sam, is it the same for the female warriors, the female soldiers? Well, yes. I think when the, the there's a lot of commonalities that come home with the female soldiers, but what I see with my female like my female marine friends and my and my marine moms and the soldiers that are going overseas when they come back, there's a whole different grieving process. See when our male soldiers come home they're our hero. Okay, big hero, he goes off and does his job and in a lot of respects we're used to the man leaving the house and going off to work. Well, mm-hmm. when I talk to some of my military moms who are military serving mothers, there's their military service personnel who happen to be mothers, mm-hmm. they come home and there's this whole reentry. Sometimes the kids are mad at them. Sometimes the kids can't wait to see them. Sometimes they're overrun with guilt when they realize all that they'd missed by serving their country. And it's different for men and women. It's very rare. I mean, everybody goes, we're so proud of you. We're so proud of your service. But the women in the military sometimes get this double-edged snarkiness where they're like, oh, well, you know, while you were over there, you know, being a hero, 
you know, so-and-so were helping raise your kids. And it's really painful because, you know, I always think women are their own worst enemy. We're so unkind to each other. But I, you know, I would be a millionaire if I could count, you know, how many times I've heard the little comment of, well, you're a mom and then you're serving over there. Well, who's watching your kids? Are your husbands taking care of it? You know, it's it's not fair. And it's a whole different... (sighs) It's a whole different internal battle. I don't presume to know because I never went over there and fought and came back to my kids, but from what I've been shared with with my sphere of influence and my listeners and my military friends is that there's a whole different level of internal adjustment that has to take. Um, You know, the thing of let us just be really candid the double standard for women in just about every area is still very happily in place. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the thing of having a, you know, you can be, a, you know, military personnel, but then there's always this thing of, well, what about, you know, what about this over here and what about taking care of that over there? And, you know, it, it really does pull different parts of your brain. And I, I did want to get to that because I have had other military moms tell me something similar that they were proud to serve their country, but they did come back and basically get, you know, kind of like, whoa, I wasn't expecting to have that happen. Right, or some criticism or the backhanded, like, oh, you know, that must have been really terrible. Like, who was taking care of your kids while you were gone? As if you somehow evaporated off the planet. (laughs) Right, right. Now, for the re-entry, you talked about that every deployment is different. They will have changed. What are the tools, and we have probably about another 90 seconds, what are the best tools that a partner can use to help with the reintegration? Is it like, okay, um, this is going to be your task this week and and getting them into the day-to-day? If we need to set up a new timetable with the entire family doing things, what is it? Because we've got one minute. You know, in 30 seconds or less, the most loving thing I think a spouse can do for a returning uh, spouse or family member, son, daughter, doesn't matter who it is, get educated on PTSD, learn what the signs are, you know, become an expert on that. Listen to shows, read the Internet, try to figure this out, because one of the things that is breaking apart our military families is undiagnosed PTSD, getting appropriate help. You can get base help off base so that it's not on your military record. There's a lot of resources out there. Reentry can be helped with a therapist, um, but my biggest thing right now is is watch that loved one for, for PTSD symptoms and educate yourself on what they are so you can recognize them before they tear your family apart. Thank you, Stan. My guest this evening has been Sandra Beck. Pay attention. This woman knows what she's talking about when it comes to military women and military couples. Stan, thank you for being with me tonight. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, bye for now. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget. She